I don't know about you guys, but I had a fantastic weekend. That's good. What made it yeah. so fantastic? It was, uh, we went on a company retreat. We uh, Before we came into town, and I got a little Airbnb. It was turned out it was super cheap. It's just like kind of out in the middle of nowhere, which I guess is why it was cheap. But it was on a lake, and it was a cool little cabin. And so we spent the weekend out there just like talking and brainstorming and thinking about future stuff and like how to make regular current stuff more you know comfortable and not so rushed all the time and like talked about what everybody did and how we could share workload and and just hung out we played games and cooked steaks and it was awesome no iphones no computers no, we had lots of that stuff, but it was it was really mostly it was mostly, you know, face to face conversation, just like sitting around a table or sitting around couches, like just brainstorming, which I think the whole purpose of it was to do that because in the shop, I mean you guys know how it is, like when you're faced with tools and you're faced with deadlines, you never really take the time to let your mind wander as far as it could go, you know, without distraction. And so <clears throat> part of it was just being out there and not having anything else to do and just like we now have time to talk through these crazy rabbit trails and see where they could go. And it, and it was totally worthwhile because I can't tell you any of the stuff, obviously, but we talked really far down a couple of roads that we never would have made time for before and walked away with some pretty, pretty incredible opportunity. So it was good. It was real good. Awesome. How long was the trip? Uh, we left on a Friday afternoon, came back on Sunday morning. So it was really just kind of a night and a full day. Um, and and we had it pretty full of conversation and stuff, but it didn't feel like we were trying to cram everything in. You know, it was Josh. Josh is a project, like a project manager. So he kind of kept the whole thing on track and made sure that we didn't like waste too much time on thinking down one path because we had other stuff that we had already set out to talk about and, so he kept it running smoothly, and it was really good. It was very good. We needed it. Good to hear. Yeah. That's good. I'm sorry. I'm distracted by my little doggies, trying to make sure I have myself on mute, yelling at my puppies. <laughs> <laughs> I have Chippy and Pepper with me today. No, that's great. It's always nice to go away. The worst part about going away, the worst part, is when you turn around and you're like, all right, I guess tomorrow we're back to uh, uh, go back home. <laughs> a lot of times you go away on a trip, and you get... At least for me, I get that anxious feeling of like, oh, I'm not doing work. I'm not contributing to the business. But I would imagine that felt a little bit different where you came back and you're like, we got all kinds of stuff to do now. Yeah, it kind of felt like the opposite because I get that same feeling, you know, anytime I, I'm just out doing something else. But this one came back like it, it felt like a way more productive, concentrated amount of time than I could have used. I don't even know how to say that. If I had put the same time into the shop, it would not have been as productive. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's really unusual, yeah. you know. And so that felt really good to come back. And, of course, I did come back to like, oh, well, I immediately have to start on another video. And we still have all these things that we have to finish thinking about. And we have to try to figure out how to do and pull off and all this stuff. So it's not like I came back relaxed, but I came back excited and motivated. So Cool beans. Yeah. What did you guys do this weekend? What did I do? I went to the woodworking show in Springfield, Massachusetts. Hmm. But more importantly, last week, you guys remember, said I was I was going to make a pair of scissors. 
Yeah. Yes. I was super, um, I'm super, super pumped because I actually made the scissors, but I'm not done yet. Today's going to be the pivotal day where I, I heat treat them and then I sharpen them. But I, I kind of hit the mark. I'm at about, I would say I'm like 80%, 85%, like right on the mark of accuracy as far as like my blacksmithing shaping goes. And then I got to, I got to harden them and, and sharpen them today. But it, it was, what a learning experience. It, it was, for me, it was phenomenal. The video will be out probably this Friday. And uh, I'm also working on another vlog and I'm like about, I guess I'm about 75% done with that. So I'll probably be able to publish that tonight. You'll be able to see that by the time this is out. So a lot when of When was the last time you did a vlog? About six months ago, seven months ago. Hmm. Yeah, probably, I guess this, this vlog I started in July. So maybe June, May or June was the last one I did. Yeah, so that's, June would have been six months ago. So, yeah, it was fun. I, I could not get my groove. I, I had this vlog started in July, and I kept going back to it. And the, the opening sequence is, is a woman playing the accordion that I taped at a July 4th party at my friend's house. And I just kept... I love the song. I knew I needed to use it, but that was the beginning. So I worked on the opening of this thing for six months until I finally started adding stories behind it, which is how I usually do it. But in the mm-hmm. old days, I would do that in 10 hours <laughs> it took me six months to add these stories <laughs> and i did a tremendous amount of editing so there's lots of events that are not in there but it's it's there's a lot i have to tell people about and so it's like i'll just put it in a vlog It'll give me a good excuse to talk about the vlog it's so you know it's really about upcoming events and some of the stuff we'll be at together and make essential and stuff so it was a good excuse to be able to talk about all those things and then just attach all my events to it so that's that's going to be should be out by now. And uh, I went to the doctor last week. I told you guys I had a little uh, medical issue. I talk about it on the Fitzall podcast in more depth, but had a little issue with my sinuses. It's, everything's okay now, but it's kind of brought on by a dental procedure that didn't work out. So last week was a little little bit of anxiety going to the doctor, making sure my sinuses were going to be okay and that I didn't have, I thought I might have an infection in my sinus that was going to become a, you know, lead to just a bunch of other problems. And turns out it wasn't as serious as I anticipated. Usually these things never are. You know, you build up in your mind that you're going to die because you got a splinter in your pinky. At least I am. I'm like Woody Allen when it comes to hypochondria. Hmm. And we tend to avoid the doctor. I know I know, I do. And I finally went and it's it was good to put my mind at ease. It was funny. I was sitting in the dentist chair. I went to a dentist and I went to a you know, throat doctor and I was sitting in the dentist chair and she took an x-ray of my skull like a full scan. I had to go in the other room and like bite on this thing and stay still for 10 minutes. And they took a full scan of my skull and she's like looking at it on the computer and she's like, Hmm. Oh, mm. and she's like, look, I'm like, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see Like, do I want to see it? I don't want to see it. She's like, just look you, baby. Mm. She's like, it's not that big of a deal. Anyway, I have a little bone issue and I'm going to be fine. I'm on antibiotics. I'm going to be fine. But I was a very, very fearful last week. It was like taking up a lot of my, uh, my mental capacity is worrying about if this is going to become a bigger issue. And it was funny, Andrew from, from uh, Blacksmith Tools, he wrote me last week. Like He wrote me a, a direct te- text message and said, are you okay? Because you seem like something's bothering you. And he picked that up from watching my Instagram stories. I said, hmm. Hmm. you figured that out? He goes, yeah, because you seem like something's bugging you. And I said, yeah, this is, and it was exactly that. So 
very, very perceptive human being over there in Texas. But uh, I'm better. I'm totally fine. I'm, I'm on antibiotics. And both doctors didn't seem to think it was a huge deal. They said, it's like a serious thing we got to work on. But they're like, good thing you came in. You didn't let it linger. And we're working on it. But I'm totally fine. Hmm. They said, I just I got this good. sinus infection that they're, they're taking care of. So that, that mental capacity was a little uh, taken up last week by that stuff. And uh, But the scissor thing was like... I was like, wow, I've been thinking about making a pair of scissors for probably two years. Thinking about, like, like I, I said it when I made the lock last year. I was like, look around and see something that's extremely complicated, yet simple, and try and make it. And you will learn more than you ever knew you needed to know. I'm sure. So, oh, yeah. So, that was my week. Cool. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to seeing the scissors because I really have no clue how you would. I get, cheated. You know, I cheated. <laughs> I didn't make them like uh, I remember um, the guy, our friend, the guy I recommended last week. Yeah, the blacksmith. Torben, cool. Torbach. Speaking of blacksmithing, I put out my video on Friday, and it seems to be doing okay. So I got my. That's great. I was very curious to hear from you how. It was doing. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, great. That's cool. um, uh, I have a lot to learn. There's, there's no doubt. But I think it, uh, it went pretty, pretty good. Um, the knives. I made two knives out of some old wrenches, and the first idea that I had, I couldn't. There either wasn't enough metal, or there wasn't enough skill to me, for me to move the metal to make the knife that I wanted. So we had to uh, switch up the design in the middle of it. And then we came out with two okay looking knives, knives that I'll, I'll never use. I didn't, I didn't even get them sharp. The whole point was just to get to know the, the new forge, which I think Bob, you said you got the same one. So you're going to like it. Mm-hmm. And then, cool. uh, yeah, so I don't know what I'm going to do with it next. So it's in storage for now. And maybe we'll get it out in six months and try again. But it's it's another arsenal, another tool in the arsenal. Uh, Do it sooner and, than that. Do it sooner than that. Yeah, I'm sure I will. I need uh, I need to have a, a project. I just got this book, um, and it's got like ten projects to get you started in, in blacksmithing. So maybe I'll kind of flip through that and see see if that triggers something. But I need I need a reason to use it, and not just a. Um, um, I, I, I need a reason. That's all there is to it. Bob, you just pulled yeah. out a book. What did you? What did you? What did you get? Well, so I ordered that uh, guide to knife making that you recommended last week. Yeah, which is an excellent book. Very cool. And then while I got that, I got the Home Blacksmith. Um, I got that one too, and I got this one. one. Oh, uh, cool. Bladesmith. Bladesmith. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I also got the Home Blacksmith. I haven't even flipped through that one yet, but those are the three books that I got. It's. It's really nice. The photography is really good. And the cool thing about it, and the reason I, I picked it up, was because it has a bunch of um, a bunch of blacksmithing tools that you can make. And so it has a couple of pages on... Let me see if I can just find like the list so I can read them rather than flip them through the book. It's got... Uh, well, there's no glossary. Th- that was Are the book I was referring to when I said I had a bunch of projects in there. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's got a bunch of stuff in it. It's got, you know, how to make a dinner triangle and um, and then how to make, like, chains and hooks and utility knives and spades and yeah. gate hooks and staples. And, you know, it's like, 
And then there's a bunch of hold downs and uh, crowbar, tongs, slot punches. Um, but I, I think the cool thing about that is that you you can look through, and they don't look super complicated, or at least the descriptions are not long, but it would help you build up your arsenal of tools within blacksmithing by practicing blacksmithing. And so I think that's yeah. pretty cool. And the pictures in there are really well done. Like, they're they're well lit, mm-hmm. and they're huge, and you can actually see what's going on. It's, it's a pretty good-looking book. So. Yeah. I kind of flipped through it this weekend while we had some time. I, I went through the knife-making book that you recommended. I really liked it. I learned a whole lot about especially the heat treat process and that whole thing. Um, it was a good way to get through it all, and now I have to go back and read it again so that I can actually retain it, I think. But at least I understood what it was doing. Because it talks about, you know, grain dec- uh, <laughs> decoration. Grain direction. Grain decoration. And, you know, yeah, the heating and cooling process and what it does to that within the steel, which is just not complicated, but it, it says it well, you know, and plainly. Um, but this one I just kind of flipped through. I need to actually read some of it. Well, I was just say I was really curious to hear about the reaction to your video. I watched it last night, I guess. Um, just because I, I think I mentioned in the after show last week that I'm doing one as well. So I'm doing I'm making a machete. I'm starting today, and it's my first knife thing, my first blacksmithing thing, and. I'm going into it the same way you were with like, I don't really have any experience or like I've read a book and watched some YouTube videos. And I was just curious what the reaction to your stuff was and how people took the, I know, I know knife makers can be very, <laughs> I, very passionate about their craft, yeah. which is good, but you know, yeah. I'm, I'm just curious what the reaction was. Um, I was hoping more people would watch it. So that part was a little disappointing, but that I think that's on me. Um, but the reaction to the video was very good, like ninety nine percent. No, a lot of people seemed like they were really giving you, you know, cheering you on. I think it was great. Yeah, yeah. There were a couple of, of people who were, you know, like stick to woodworking. Um, I'm like, I hope you're not a father. <laughs> yeah, um, but but for the most part, really, really good. Um, somebody mentioned that I got one of the terms or the things mixed up, but only one person said that. So I don't know if that was actually true. Um, but I, so in the video, if you haven't seen it, I kind of like, this is like the process. We're skipping these two steps and this is all about learning, you know? So this is just trying to understand and get to know the new tools. So yeah, it was, a, it was, it was a definitely a good, good reaction. And nobody good. got hurt. Glad we didn't blow up the house. Nothing caught on fire. I didn't burn myself. So, all good. <laughs> Those are good. Those things. are good things. Yeah. And For it's sure. um. There's just you, you. You can get some really cool, good-looking footage when shooting blacksmithing. Hmm. It's just a cool thing to look at. So oh, I know Alex got it nailed. Alex. Got oh it yeah. Nailed. Yeah, so he's good. he's really good at. So when I'm making videos, I kind of have this like Nirvana song uh, mentality, like light core or light verse, heavy chorus, light verse, heavy chorus, and then repeat. And he does a really good job of like talking, 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 yeah. boom, music kicks in, cool shots, and then talking, 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 and then boom, music kicks in, more mm-hmm. cool shots. So he is the master at that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then I shaved um, off the beard, so I have the I might have the shortest beard in the podcast now. 
<laughs> and then this week we are working on a vision board. Uh, most vision boards that you see are kind of like scrapbooky, cork board, just pen up a bunch of photos on a thing. And mine's going to be a little bit more designed, a little bit more um, grid layout. And that's all I really want to say about that right now until I hmm. get the video out. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's cool. Interested to see that. Um, I'm looking at my watch later list. And Jimmy, your gun restoration oh. is in there. Oh, yeah. And I realized that you put that out since the last time we recorded, I think. That So I haven't watched it yet. I was uh, I was on the fence about putting that out at all because of, you know, the the new YouTube regulations. So I was a little nervous. I figured I'd give it a try and see what happens. I just don't want to be labeled as like a a gun channel, you know, yeah. in the eyes of the algorithm. I have done yeah. a couple of gun things, but so far so good. I mean, the the video performed, you know, fairly well not as good as i would expect but it it hasn't you been demonetized brought that thing now? back from the dead it was a, an amazing transformation I, I oh thank you thank you thank you i was saying out loud like this is unbelievable <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah i got a lot of thumbs up from a, from a, yeah it's still monetized which is good the reason i didn't fire it in the end is because there is a series of new questions when we upload a video. I guess we've all experienced it. And it says, is this content for kids? And then it's, there's a sub, a bunch of sub questions. And of course, it's not for kids. And then there's a couple of questions like, well, is it this? Is it this? Is it this? And there's a, there's a little section that says about guns. And it says, is this a modification of a gun? Is this shooting a gun? Is this a gun at a gun show? And it wasn't a modification. They didn't use the word restoration. So I was like, nope and say that it wasn't I didn't shoot it didn't shoot it at a gun range and it's not at a gun show and it's not a modification that's going to improve its performance it said something to that effect and I, of course I said no to all of those things and I put it up and I'm still I guess I'm still fine and when hmm. I do eventually fire it might be today I'm going to fire it in the backyard here and I'm going to uh -huh. be uh, maybe making the Instagram thing of it that would be the idea Is hmm. what's what's the title of the video? I'm curious. Uh, oh, you know, it's funny. It's a little awkward. I would imagine you didn't right put now. the word gun in the title. Uh, Durester, 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 <laughs> Winchester, 1873. <laughs> and then I have these guys behind the scenes that kind of tweak the algorithm for me. They're, they're studying the algorithm very closely, these guys that I work with. And I give them the video, and then they put a couple of little tags in it to try and see if these tags help, whatever. Anyway, he watches the numbers like he's on them like a hawk. I pay no attention to the numbers unless if it's bad, I just never watch again. If it's good, I kind of start watching. Anyway, he put the word a very rare restoration in the title. So it says the rest of Winchester, 1873, a very rare restoration. So he put that subcategory of title. And I hate a title that goes off of the main screen. I hate that. So I was mm. trying to think of like three words that would just stay there. I hate a word that's cut in half with dots. When you're looking through the app, I can't stand that. So anyway, yeah. anyway, I don't think that's going to hurt the the actual views. But yeah, it was good, and it, the gun was so so damaged. The surface of the gun was so damaged. There was no way I could blow it back to perfection. I, I think you see some of these restoration videos where it's like you show something that's destroyed, and then you shows like an absolutely perfect brand new version of it right next to it. I think some I, I I don't watch those videos all that much, but I think some of them are faked, because hmm. this gun could not have been 
clean to that surface. It couldn't be like like, a, like an original condition. It never could be. The 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 up close view of the this the surface of the rifle is completely pitted. It, I have it right here. In fact, show you guys. It's like look at. It just oh, looks like yeah. an old car engine. Like there's scars on it. Like that scar that runs through it. You see that scar on the side? Mm-hmm. It looks it looks blacksmithed. It looks like he <laughs> yeah, pounded yeah. that out. Yeah, yeah, it looks like, <laughs> like exactly. a wrought iron. I mean, look at all the pits and holes in it. And like there was paper. Somebody wrapped it in paper, so where they stored it. So the guy who I got it from pulled the paper off, but he didn't pull all of it off. And there were pieces of paper that continually guided the water to run in a certain direction. So where I peeled off, for instance, that one scar that's right across the the right side, I peeled the paper off and there was a rust line. And when I took it out of the the rusting, anti-rusting solution, that line made a scar. So like there are bits and pieces on here that are the direct result of wet paper being wrapped around it, you know, for a prolonged Hmm. period of time. So it has scars and scratches all over it and deep pits. So I got it to a point. So you see some guys going, this isn't a restoration. And some guys, most people are like, wow, I'm glad you didn't try and like sand the surface perfect and get it back to normal. It has its personality. It works. And everybody. So I get that was my question about it because I haven't watched the video. I will because I'm really interested in it. But I mean, you were able to get everything functioning and everything. Yeah. Yeah. The way these guns were designed, I mean, they're fully interchangeable parts. So if I had another one, you know, this was past the uh, that industrial revolution where everything is you know interchangeable and the uh i bought the the couple screws and a couple springs inside were broken i didn't really show it in the video because it was just like oh here's a spring and like i didn't really talk so hard for me to explain precisely what i replaced so i bought a whole series of i bought the clip on the top was the first thing i bought with a hundred was a hundred dollars and i bought a screw bag which was all the screws from the similar gun and it was a bista bag of rusty screws. That was a hundred dollars. And then I bought the main spring with the screw still in it, and that was a hundred dollars. So I didn't even say that on the video. I actually spent three hundred dollars on probably you know five ounces worth of screws and a clip for a gun I paid twenty five dollars for. So it was a couple of broken springs and stuff inside. And but for the most part, everything was just not oiled. And I couldn't take it completely apart. That was another complaint in some of the comments that people were like, I would have broken that down 100%. The barrel on screws, the, the siphon tube for the bullets comes apart. I couldn't pull them apart. And I didn't want to risk pulling it apart and then like destroying all the threads and then me not being able to get it back together. Especially if since I wasn't going to make it perfect again. It's like, you know what? It's working. It's fine. Let's just leave it. Let's just keep moving forward. What was your confidence yeah, really level when it. you started? Did you know uh, I knew you were it was going, going to make work it again. work. Yeah, yeah, I knew because I, I said all the parts are here. If all the parts are here, I can just go to eBay and get something that's broken, which I was able to. But I didn't have to get anything extravagant, just screws and clips. And I knew that I would get it going again. I really felt it in, in, in my gut. So it was great. It was a great learning experience because I got it. I, I was like, I thought it was a BB gun because it was so rusted. And then I, I showed it on Instagram. I said, Does anybody know what this is? And right away, a couple of gun nuts were like. Dude, that's a super rare Winchester. That's super rare. That's super rare. And then I, I, fa- I finally found the serial number after I got it out of the rust. It's from 1880s. It's like from like anywhere between like 1880 and 1883. Wow. It's a, a Winchester 1873 model, 22 caliber short, which 
I only found two on the internet. One was at an auction that said it might fetch $22,000. I don't know the net result of the auction. It didn't say. And then one is in a museum. Aside from that, I can't find any other Winchester 1873 22 caliber shorts. Hmm. And my buddy's like, oh, go to this website. They have everything for Winchester. I went there. They didn't have the parts for this gun. They didn't make it. Do you think that everything you did increase the value of the guns? Is there anything that would have decreased the value? Um, no, I don't think so. Yeah, no. I, I, I just, so. I'm just curious. It's funny, I don't like, know anything about restoration of, of guns or like yeah. you, you epoxied the the handle that was that was cracked, mm-hmm. and I didn't know if like, oh, that should be left. Well, alone it's funny. Or... Like right, people right down the middle. Oh, I can't believe you saved that handle. That's great. It had dowels through it that went completely through it. Whoever fixed it 100 years ago, the, the stock was broken right in half. And whoever fixed it 100 years ago put three dowels in it. And those dowels went through everything. And I didn't want to pull it completely apart. I was like, let me leave the dowels in it. And I just put epoxy in the side. Some people's like, I can't believe you you used that same stock again. It's going to break apart while you're shooting. People are so, so stupid. And <laughs> other people are like... I'm so glad you saved the original stock. So like the gun nuts that would have restored it perfectly, but I can't believe you didn't remake that stock. I thought you were a woodworker. I'm like, (laughs) I can't believe you didn't do the thing that I wanted you to do. What about me? Why didn't you do the thing that I wanted you to do? I love your music. I hate your music. Hmm. Thanks. Okay, cool. I've I've got, when I built my shop, I I got a a lot of like, I can't believe you didn't drywall that yourself. I thought you were a woodworker. I'm like, wait a second. These are different things. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah so That's it was, cool. it was well, a i'm looking forward to, to seeing the video and seeing what all you did with it I, i'm curious about the the inside of the barrel like yeah i i reamed it out the best i could i didn't you know some guys go oh you didn't re-rifle it i cleaned it out the best i could before i fire it i do want to clean it out a little bit more i'm gonna i have a bunch of brass rod i'll have a, a rod that's the exact diameter of the barrel and i'll put something I don't even want to say now because I'll get hate mail if I'm going to put it on the end of that and clean it. Like, no you're going to ruin it you know? so I'm going to blah 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 on the end of the blah 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 and clean it out and it's going to be nice nice and choochy I get it good nice and what <laughs> no choochy <laughs> huh okay yeah so we'll see I'll do a little Instagram throwback and the good thing about it, the cool thing about this rifle is it has a cover that covers the receiver so you can fire a bullet while it's completely covered. So it's like self-contained. Of course, I will wear safety glasses and a helmet while I pull the trigger just so I don't have a problem. Because, you know, there's always the risk of a backfire and blah, 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 blah. So we don't want that. Nope. That I'll tie bad. it to a stump and pull it trigger from a string. Well, what what do we got to talk about? I just want to clear up. Not everybody can see what's going on. You hear kissing sounds. You those are actually <laughs> kissing sounds. <laughs> but Jimmy has his dog on his lap. I got Chippy. He's just he, he he's not blowing stop. us kisses. Yeah. <laughs> as nice as that would be. We don't deserve Chippy's that. He's just not. He's not calming no. down. So I'm trying to calm him down. Well, Bob, you went on your retreat, and I was asking about how you felt when you came back. And I I know the the recharge feeling is always a good one for people who work nonstop all the time. And so I thought maybe we could talk about recharging, what we do to recharge, and what the the benefits are. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's present in my mind, so I can start about that. But unfortunately, it's something I'm really bad at. It's, It's something that I don't make 
time for enough. And I really felt that <clears throat> at the end of last year. The second half of last year for me just was like good, like stuff was fine, but it was just, I got less and less, um, uh, I don't know, I, I, I never could quite figure it out, but I just started getting worn down. And I, I don't know if it was workload or if it was just a combination of like busyness and life and all of the th- I don't really know what it was, but by the end of the year before we went on like our family vacation and stuff i was just tired it just felt i felt old i felt like older than i am you know what i mean um and just ended up staying up a lot of nights just not feeling rested enough or not feeling like i could really rest it was kind of weird and I, i never could quite put my finger on what it was or like what i could do to fix it and we had already planned the family vacation and so I had been looking forward to that for the vacation, for the time that it was with my kids and where, you know, we're going to Disney World and all this stuff. And so I was looking forward to it for what it was, but I was also looking forward to the fact that I wasn't going to be working. And that was the first time since we've been doing this that I was like looking forward to not doing it. And that felt a little weird. You know, that was a little made me like second guess stuff and kind of like you know is this a problem or is this but i think ultimately (laughs) what it was was i was just burnt out just tired and the cool thing we've talked about vacations in the past about how they're difficult for us and i think a lot of that at least for me is when i go on vacation and i'm stuck somewhere with nothing to do that's when it's hard because i know that there's still stuff i can do but in this case we went to florida and we went to disney world and we were we got up early we did crazy fun new stuff with the kids all day long and we walked and we were exhausted and we got back and we went to bed and then we did it again and then we did it again and then we did it again and so it was like i never had that time of just sitting around going man i sure wish i could you know had a tool i could make something it was like i didn't even think about it and so it was a combination of of needing the break and not having the option to do work and that was something I probably wouldn't just decide to go do myself, but man, what a good situation. I totally needed that. And then that started this process of recharge, I think, just that little, for me, that separation coming back. I didn't come back like ready to hop back into work, but it was like I felt better. I felt less tired. And so coming back was, it was headed in the right direction, you know? And so over the past few weeks, I feel like I've been kind of getting back in the groove and I'm more excited about the stuff that we have coming up. And then this retreat, I was looking forward to almost more than the vacation because I knew that we had a bunch of stuff that I never made time to really think through. We always go, we always are making something. We're always thinking about the next video and the next week and the next project and the next social media and then blah, 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 blah. And then you have like these big ideas that need attention, that need time. They need exploration. They need rabbit trails. They need decision making. And I find my own frustration is often around my lack of time that that's self-imposed, that I don't give myself time to make those decisions. And so being on a retreat, being in a place where, again, no shop, but it was intentional about Here's a list of decisions you need to make, of things you need to think through. And maybe they won't all happen, but you need to at least give them a shot mentally. And here's your list. Here's your time. No interruptions. Do it. And man, totally worthwhile. Yeah. I mean, we found a place that was pretty cheap 
and everything, but I would have paid five times that money to have that space for that amount of time with my team with that focus. Like it was it was excellent. I needed it so much. I know Jimmy cool. you leave yeah. the house like once a month to go somewhere else in the country. <laughs> and so I, I wonder yeah. if if that just causes more anxiety for you or do you feel oh, so, re- real good question. rejuvenated when you get back? No, it's it's not. I really do enjoy the thinking time, which is when I'm here. I, I do a lot of thinking all the time, and I I am left alone quite a bit. Taylor gives me my space to do a lot of thinking because she's also in the same game, so she's she's not quite as uh, exposed on social media. But she's she just committed to taking a space in a new a trade show in New York City, a, a weekend design show. So that's in March. So all her time is going to be completely filled up with making sure that her booth looks good and has a couple of the products she's been wanting to showcase and new products. So I have plenty of time to think. and But when I go away, I have to just think in theory. I can't think and then go right to the tool. I can't think and go to the lathe or go to the bandsaw or go to the blacksmith shop. So when I'm away, my, my brain really works in virtual reality and i think things through a lot more i'm not saying it's good or bad it just contributes to the bottom line and i really do enjoy that time i take advantage of it like okay this is it i'm going to be stuck on a plane let me think of all the aspects of this you know for instance a pair of scissors and i had a little mini experience like that with the scissors because because of my doctor visits last week, I had to work all day and then stop and go to the city. I had to work all day and stop and go to the city. So those two days in the city, I'm traveling and thinking and trying to figure out what's the best option. If I harden it, if I harden it, how should I harden just the end? Should I harden the whole thing? My mind went through all these iterations of what should be the next steps on the scissors while I'm not working on them. And I'm going to do that today because then on Saturday we went to the woodworking show with Aaron, which, you know, Aaron's my new shop guy. So that was in a way that was our one day retreat. We went to the woodworking show together, looked around, bought some consumables for the shop together, a couple of small tools, made some connections. Aaron met some of the guys in the group, you know, in the Northeast Maker group. And so it was good. It was it was definitely a mini retreat for us and talked through a bunch of shop stuff, which was, you know, it's just kind of ongoing. But I really do enjoy my time away. You know, I, I it's stressful because I'm like, oh, you know, bills are always late because I got to go get my P.O. box. And, you know, logistically, things are always not perfect. But going away for me is like, okay, this is time to just almost like meditate in a way because I have absolutely no access to tools. And lately, I, another stupid thing, and this I have no affiliation with Ring Camera, but I got Ring Cameras now everywhere. And so while I'm away, the anxiety of knowing what's going on in my house, my pets, my animals, it's like much less. Like yesterday while I was away, over the weekend and Saturday, I kept checking on the cats through the ring camera, or, you know, in the backyard, and I could see what the chickens are doing. I could see what's going on at the shop. So I got about six ring cameras now, so it's great. It's, I'm like addicted to just checking on my stuff. But it, it puts, a, <laughs> it puts a, an anxiety at ease. I Now I know my neighbor's cat is always on my back porch. I didn't know that before. <laughs> <laughs> things like that but i do enjoy i do enjoy the breaks in action another thing i really enjoy is long drives even even if i don't leave the state i i drove down to the city this this week twice and back in springfield massachusetts which was a 90 mile ride a couple of weeks ago i went to vermont 
So I really do enjoy these long drives. It's the same thing. Like I'll keep a notebook by me and I'll scribble on like a clean notebook with big pages because I'll be driving and writing at the same time. You think texting's bad. Don't drive and draw. It's bad. Oh my goodness. And, but I'll just do like a quick scrawl or I'll set on the memo app and I'll talk into the memo app. But to me, it's easy to do a scroll. And then my, my, my notes look like a, like a, <laughs> did you ever see, I forget there was, there was a composer that would go, that was going blind. I think it was, it might've been Beethoven. He was making notes on pages and he would write bigger and bigger. And as his career got further progressed, he would like take a page and write like three notes on it because he had to write big to see because he like refused to get glasses. And that's what, that's how I draw when I'm driving. I just like flip open a page on the armrest and I'm like, okay, a box. And I'll draw like a box and a whatever it is. And then later when I stop, I'll refine the drawing. So those are some of my tricks. I really dislike long drives. I just, I don't like travel to begin with, but I really dislike travel by car and long drives. But now that I think about it, that is a time to do a, a lot of thinking. And I know I've gotten lots of good ideas from the, those drives. So, so maybe I shouldn't dislike them as much as I do, but um, I, I have this anxiousness when like, if I'm traveling to a destination, I want to be at that destination right now. I don't like the in-between time, but I think I don't like, I don't like disruption and I don't like travel but it always benefits me almost every single time. I get away from the house for three or four days and I come back and I have all these new ideas. And I think it's mostly because I'm talking to other people, other creative people, and just bouncing off of ideas off of somebody that you don't normally talk to is, is really beneficial for me. I come back and like, I, you know, I remember talking with, um, Ben from Homemade Modern and I'm like yeah I have this idea and, this, and he's like well what if you did this and I'm like what that's mind-blowing like I need to do that you know and then I get back and I'm I'm energized I don't do the thing that he suggested but I'm still I'm, I'm, I'm still motivated to to get back to work so this year we're going to do a little bit more traveling not to events but just to to things to find things to film and I'm hoping that I can use that as, as fuel to make a different kind of video, new videos. And, 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 I, and I'm like, the, the plan is like, Hey, we're going to go, I'm hoping to go to Akron to this factory that makes guitar pedals. And I'm hoping to do some behind the scenes of, of how these pedals are made, but I'm hoping something else comes out of that. Like I'm there and like, I'm just inspired to, to do this thing or shoot this thing or something. Maybe there, maybe there's a great art museum in Akron that I need to go to. And, and that, that fuels the fire. So I need the interruptions, even though I dislike them. Yeah, no, it's important. Hey, I was going to ask, go ahead, Bob. And I'll talk. I was going to say, I, I remembered you saying that you were going to travel more this year. And that was one of my questions was, are you excited about that or are you anxious about the the time it takes you away from everything else? So here's the here's the the time flow for travel. The when the idea hits to like I need to go to this place to do this thing, I'm super excited. Then when I get to 10 days before that trip, I'm super anxious <laughs> and I don't want to go because there are things to do. But when I get there, I'm, I'm having a good I agree. time. Yeah. <laughs> Every single time I'm excited about it until 10 days before the event. Yeah. 
that's 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 true i think for most people i feel the same way but like i said once i'm on it and there's absolutely nothing i can do i'm like okay i'm in it let's make this let's let's find the benefit in all of this yeah but i was gonna say you know there's there's people in my life that never travel people that i have personal interactions with that never ever 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 travel and someone like me that travels quite a bit and people that travel way more than me and there's a huge benefit. I'm trying to turn my phone off from binging. Sorry. There's a huge benefit in going out and meeting new people. It it broadens everything about your 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 life experience. And that obviously taking a retreat, going to a new place, learning about new cultures, learning about new things, the way people approach things. Whereas if you just stay in your bubble the entire time, you start to cannibalize your ideas and you start to mutate into like weirdness. That's an extreme example. Like it's like if you live the life like Madagascar, for instance. You know, Madagascar has some beautiful mutations and animals that only exist there, but you 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 lose the benefit of everything else that's out there. I I went to school with an artist friend of mine. He's not on social media and he doesn't travel and he'll never hear this, but it, it breaks my heart that he never travels because he doesn't like to fly. And he never went anywhere in this world. And he's an amazing, amazing guy. Like I said, he'll never figure out who I'm talking about. And if you have, he, he doesn't know how to use a computer. He won't use podcasts. He won't this. And it, it breaks my heart knowing like in the last 30 years, he's like let this entire world of benefit just like slip by him because of some phobias. And uh, so I was just thinking of him while we were talking. And hasn't been on he went on a plane once in his life was white knuckling it the whole time said i'm never doing that again i was like oh that's a bummer and you know in the same amount of time i went to china 50 times i went to europe 10 times i traveled all around the united states in a car and uh, you know and and when i meet him he has this certain i haven't seen him in about a year but when i see him he has this like this like sense of being cut off from the world almost like he's been kidnapped <laughs> and he's just now getting out of like hmm. you know like a prison for instance yeah, he's but, been like he's put himself in his own prison. I the first time I flew I flew in a plane was like ten years ago, uh, when I first met Kelly, and we went to Alaska. And that was my first time on a plane. Like I, the opportunity had never been there for me. I was never, um, it was never in the budget to to fly somewhere. Uh, but there's always a place you, you can drive. There's inspiration everywhere. There's always a place that you can go to. You just have to be open and and just get out of your own your own little bubble you don't have to fly somewhere you could just go uptown and look at a building that you've never seen before or go into some little handmade craft store and 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 find inspiration and come back rejuvenated from that yeah for sure um i have been planning on doing a little bit more travel this year last year i i tried to kind of tone it back a little bit um just because it was, it felt like it was getting in the way more than it was helping, you know, or it's just, it's tiring. I think with, uh, uh, with the kids too, every time I travel, I have to take a bunch of other things into consideration, right? It's not just like, am I away from the shop? It's like, am I missing gymnastics meets or like basketball games? And, and those things, it's funny because at first glance, it feels like, well, yeah, there's going to be another one the next weekend, but I don't know. There's only so many of those things. And so Last year, I was thinking about, like, trying to make sure I was around for all of those and stuff. But now, at least this year, 
I see a lot of the benefit of of being not doing less, but being choosier about travel, about not just going to events because there are events and there's going to be a bunch of awesome people there that I don't get to see all the time. Like that's great, and if I can justify that, awesome. But being choosier about taking time to travel for opportunities that are just going to move something forward or really inspire me or let me help in some situation that I wouldn't, you know, so just going to fairs and stuff is not necessarily the motivation anymore. So I think I'll end up doing more travel this year than I, than I did last year. Um, but all the stuff that we have planned so far, I think is pretty exciting. It's pretty cool opportunities. So like when we go to maker central last year, the idea was to shoot a video with Jocko and we hung out with him a whole lot and we had a blast, but we never shot any video because we didn't plan it. And so it almost felt like a missed opportunity from one perspective because we didn't come out of it with a cool video that we worked on, but we did get to be friends and like actually spent time together and like he beat me at ping pong a whole bunch and stuff like that. Um, so this year we're going to do the same thing, but we're going to be more intentional about making the video and we're going to make try to make another video with somebody else while we're over there. So I'm excited about those things. But I, I think a lot of going into travel uh, is like your mindset, your decision ahead of time. Like, am I going to make this into uh, a recharge, even though it's travel and it may be exhausting? Or am I going to just treat this as a thing I have to do for, you know, for my job or for my family or whatever? Like, I think you can probably decide ahead of time how you want to go into those situations. And I've done a bad job in the past of looking at those as opportunities to recharge. And so that's definitely something I want to get better at for vacations as well. You know, like family stuff. I can, I can treat that as recharging mentally. I just haven't (laughs) always. Why do you need a recharge? I know for me, I get into a, a habit. This is a thing that we do every single week and it's just, there's a rhythm and after I do that rhythm for so long, it's like listening to like uh, a techno song. After like five minutes, you're like, "Hey, I'm, I'm done with this. I need, I need a break. I need a new rhythm." And so that's why I need the recharges. I need to get me out of my own out of my own head. But for you, why why do you think you need the recharge? I think for me, historically, I haven't needed the recharge. And so I think that's why this the end of this past year was so jarring for me because I all of a sudden really, I, I felt it, right? I needed it. And I don't know if that's because I'm getting older or just happenstance that that's just the way it is. But I, in that case, I figured out finally, maybe anybody else would have figured it out sooner, but that I needed to take a break to recharge a little bit just because I... I found myself just being, just feeling tired, not physically tired, but just like worn out you know what i mean mm-hmm. just from the pace and from the the repetition and um and and just a little i don't know it it, it sounds bad when it sounds it sounds like i was disappointed with something or i wasn't enjoying it and that's not really the case it just didn't feel like as yay <laughs> as, as it had been before yeah. and that was weird and so that was a signal to me that's like you, you gotta pay attention like look outside of your normal pattern and if that means don't make a video for a few weeks or go on a trip or whatever, then do that. And 
so like we scheduled the retreat like a few weeks back when I started realizing that like that's oh oh we need to get away oh I need to take a break oh got it so how can we do that and still make the most of the time my case in point is the the vlogs I obviously took this six month break and last night I was I was like climbing uphill backwards. I swear to God, it was struggle to like get a groove <laughs> on the edit. But once I started getting a groove on the edit, I started being like, and then I started remembering all these little things that I wanted to bring to this particular episode. Because if I film for a vlog, I just I, I make a file and I just throw everything that's vlog related into that file. I edit that group of material and then I start another file. And so I remember filming little dribs and drabs of things going, oh, this would be funny interstitial. Oh, this is going to create a, this is going to create a good sequence, these three things. And last night I started catching that groove at about 11 o'clock. I started being like, oh, 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 I remember I filmed this away. And I started digging through the material, trying to find that one thing I thought would be funny. So it, it was, it, it was nice to see that transformation go from being like, oh God, I can't believe I have to do this again to being like, oh, now I'm excited because I took all this time. And then I started getting that feeling back. When I was heavily into the vlogs, I really loved creating those collage sequences of just like random. It was it's just like basically doing a collage, you know, based on sounds and visuals and how they interact with each other, and just mashing up sounds and stuff. And so it was a lot of fun. It was really a lot of fun. And uh, I caught a groove, and then I went and did my wrap rounds where I sit in front of the camera, and then I'm adding those to it. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be finished by tonight. But I, taking that long break is what I needed. You know, Casey Neistat has done it, and a lot of YouTubers do it. You know, vlogging every day is, like, impossible. Jocko's been doing it now. He's just started. He's on episode four. Mm-hmm. And it's great. I love being able to see Jocko every day. I said it's like <laughs> it's like watching a Casey Neistat video, and he actually returns your comment. You're That's ruining awesome. my pick of the week. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's my pick of the week, too. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'll all give him love. But uh, yeah, so it's nice. It's nice to take a break from anything, and you know, you, you always approach it with a with a new set of eyes. It's, it's 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 a necessity, I believe. Yeah, I agree. Cool. Well, you guys got any other thoughts on this on recharging? You know, I I told this story before, and I'll tell it again. I remember it applies to this. I remember when I first met Nick Offerman and he wasn't anybody that was super famous. He had a lot of success in acting behind, you know, main characters, but he was never the main character. And, you know, so he, nobody knew who he was and I wasn't overly enamored with his career, but he was a nice guy who was, the point I'm making is I wasn't starstruck because he wasn't a star at the time. But when I met Nick, we were going to do this canoe video together. And he he calls me one day and he's like, Hey, uh, I think I got to drive up to, to Toronto and get this canoe kit. Do you want to come with me? And I was like, I said, nah, I immediately said, nah, I got so much stuff to do. I can't do it. This is in 2008. I was building interior design stuff. And then I got off the phone with him and I thought about it overnight. And I called him the next day. I was like, hey, is it too late for me to come with you? He's like, no, 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 I'm going to go in a couple of days. And he goes, in fact, if you go, I don't have to rent a car. We'll use your car if that's cool. I'll pay for gas. I'm like, yeah, no, let's do it. <laughs> oh, that's why you invited me. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, no, no. But I tell you, it was the bonding experience that cemented our friendship, which prior to that, we didn't mm. really have a friendship. We just knew each other through my brother. And that trip, talk about pivotal moments last year. I mean, last episode, last year, last episode, we talked about pivotal moments. That, for me was a pivotal moment in our friendship, my interest in 
more elaborate woodworking, where I was always kind of happy just doing plywood veneer stuff with like bullnose edges. But meeting Nick and digging deeper into joinery and boat making and all those things where I didn't really, like the light wasn't shined on it for me, but getting to know Nick, the light was shined on it for me. And then going into meeting uh, Ted Moores and Joan from the Bear Mountain Boats team. We've been friends ever since that. And I went and saw Joan and Ted this summer. So for a minute, I was like, no, I got so much work to do. And then I was like, you know what? Let me take a ride with this stranger and just go see something new. What difference does it make? I'll lose three days or four days in the shop, but it's a safe trip. We'll go and come back. It's a drive, which I always liked drives even back then. And we did, and we had a great time. And, you know, the net result is him building two canoes, me building a canoe, and friendships, and, you know, uh, uh, making it got renewed for season three. I don't know if I'm on it yet, but I assume I am. And, you know, if I didn't take that car ride, all those mutual long benefits probably, you know, wouldn't have, maybe wouldn't have happened. Yeah. I would have just been a cameraman to Nick and not necessarily the guy, you know, his buddy. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. But, you know, you look for these pivot points or these forks in the road and you, you take them. But I almost didn't take that car ride because I was so strapped with work and I was like, man, I'm going time and I'm going to have the deadlines. And I really, I look back at myself yeah. at that moment. I was like, I really don't have these deadlines. Why don't I just take a ride with this dude? He seems like a good guy. And obviously I did. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I would like to hear from um, from people listening, you know, if, if you've got like some cool ways to recharge that are not necessarily traveling or not necessarily, you know, with the stuff that we mentioned, like hit us up on Twitter, because that would be kind of interesting to hear how other people do it. People in the same space and different spaces, like, you know, when do you know that you need to recharge? How do you do it? Because I think that that'd be a cool thing to share around for people. Um. Well, if you don't have anything else, let me thank our patrons while you both can figure out who's going to go first and steal the same <laughs> recommendation. Um, big thanks to everybody that helps us out on Patreon over there at patreon.com slash making it. Our top supporters are Corey Ward, Works by Solo, Chad from Mancrafting, Maker and Training, Fun Kiss, Artistic Creations, Blondie Hacks, You Can Make This Too, Modern DIY, Odin Leatherworks, Leather Goods, sorry Odin, and Jenny and Davis. Um, they're our top little group there, but there's a whole bunch of other people that help us out that make the show possible. We had a conversation about podcast, uh, advertisements this weekend, and it was just around something else, but it was funny and encouraging to remember in the moment, like we were talking about this and I'm like, oh yeah, we've never had to mess with that. Like we don't have to like deal with fitting in an ad spot or wondering if we're going to get enough listens for the advertiser to be like, okay, and actually pay the bill and, you know, stuff like that. That's all thanks to the patrons. So we really do appreciate you guys, all of you. Um, and everybody over there gets the after show, which is some more, a separate feed of us talking about other stuff and sometimes secret, sometimes upcoming. Uh, I don't know what we're going to talk about today. We'll figure something out. So big thanks to the patrons. All right, you guys want to say it at the same time? I'll, let, your, I'll, I'll pick a different one. I'll let Jimmy go. Oh, oh well, okay. I'm going to talk about Jocko, of course. Jocko's our man. We all love Jocko. And and uh, it seems like uh, he is a little rejuvenated. Maybe he took a break. 
now he wants to make a video every day. He said at least every working day. He's not going to go through the weekend unless he's inspired. But it's exciting to see. And Jocko, uh, he's 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 a quiet, shy guy. But when he talks about something he loves, he's so passionate about it and you can't shut him up. And that's what I love about these videos is that he just goes right into it. And he said, he goes, he feared doing these for so long because he was afraid he was going to be like Casey Neistat. And he said, you know, when I started making videos, I was afraid I was going to be like Jimmy, which he's talking about me. And he goes, and then I found my own style. And until he started noticing people saying, oh, that's like Jocko's style. Then he realized he had arrived. So he says, I'm just going to copy Casey until his style slowly morphs into something that is my style. And I thought it was great because it it is, it's like, of course, I love Casey Neistat's style. And, and I don't know him personally. A lot of people think I do. I, I, we only talked one time through email, but we never met. And I said, this is great. It's like, it's like watching a Casey Neistat video, but it's somebody that I know and love and can talk to. It's great. So. <laughs> yeah. Check out check out Jocko's stuff. It's great. He's always you know he he had the the big last couple of years with the Maker Knife and that seems to maybe be on autopilot. Maybe I don't know, but now he's working on new stuff. So it's great to see what he's doing. Yeah, I'm curious to see how the vlog develops since he decided to do this every day. Because you know, if you do something mm-hmm. over and over again, you're only going to get better. You're only going to find your your rhythm, your style, and, and your groove. So um, it it's starting off really good. He's really good at having a subject to talk about and i'm just curious to see where it's going to go because that's only going to get better my pick is i don't think i've picked this dude before if i have no big deal uh jesse driftwood he does photography and video uh, uh like photography and like um cinematic video videos he's really good i like his his attitude the way and the way he talks to the camera he just seems like a good positive dude definitely really an amazing videographer and just really good on camera so jesse driftwood i find it inspiring yeah he i like his i like his videos a lot i found him through uh levi allen and uh it's it's good stuff for sure so mine is uh actually a channel that my wife found the other night we were We've been talking about A-frames. I've mentioned that before, that I'm, I'm wanting to do that one of these days. And I, like, went into the kitchen to get something, and I came back, and she was watching this video about this couple building an A-frame. And so then we started watching this time-lapse. And apparently this couple, um, they built, they bought some property in, like, West Virginia or something, and then they started building this A-frame, and just the two of them. And they have young kids that are running around in the woods and doing stuff, like, while they're building but they, I, I don't know what their experience level is before this, but they seem like they know what they're doing. And so they're just like clearing the land by themselves, digging these giant holes and pouring these concrete piers by themselves, laying out the, the you know foundation for everything, building the uprights. Now they're on to the inside at this point. But the first video was probably, I don't know, several months. It went from like summertime to snowing within the single video of them just doing a time-lapse. And it was almost like they didn't even mean for it to be a a video. They were just, like, shooting it on their phone. And then at one point in the video, it said something like she came on to talk to the camera and was like, oh, well, people are asking about how this is going, so we're going to try to do a little bit better job of documenting it. And it was really funny because it was almost like they were just doing it for themselves for a little while, and then something kind of gave them a nudge to actually 
intentionally make a video and it started changing. And then I have not watched very many of them because we were, we're behind, right? So I'd watch that first one and then we skipped ahead six months and watched one. And then lately we've watched a couple in a row of the more recent ones, but they're like totally like good on camera. They're walking through building out the interior of this cabin. They take turns talking about the stuff. They both seem knowledgeable and they're figuring out as they go. It's really cool. And um, the channel's not huge. It's not big, but it's called Wild Wonderful Off-Grid. They have a lot of land. Um, they're paying for this whole thing, I think, in cash, like out of debt. They built a solar array to power the whole thing. Um, they have some animals and stuff. Anyway, it's really cool. And we've enjoyed, you know, just kind of following along with what they're doing. Um, and it, it's, as we're looking at doing something kind of like that in the future, not to live in, but just to have like a little cabin, a smaller version of what they're doing. It's really interesting to see the decision making and some of the materials they're using and how long it's taking them to do it in the way that we would want to do it too. Like, I don't want to take out a loan. I'd want to like just work my way through it as we could afford it. So yeah, go check them out. Hopefully they'll get some more subscribers because it looks like they're having fun doing what they're doing. Just working as a family, building a house to live in. I just followed. Cool. Good. Um, that's all I got. You guys got anything else? Oh, oh, oh. oh, guys. I know something I can talk about after show. Inspiration for you guys. A blacksmith knife Ooh. is like a little, it's like mm -hmm. a little test of a couple of techniques. This is the first one I did this summer with Alex Pohl and, and Steve House and, and Joe, cool. the team that yeah. came. And uh, you take a piece of material and you, you know, Google blacksmith knife. And this is kind of more of like a thing for them to teach each other techniques, you know, as mm. you meet for blacksmiths to teach each other techniques. So this is the one I made with those guys. So that's a blacksmith knife is a specific kind of knife or a process. Well, it's, a, it's a knife that doesn't have like a wooden handle. You know, it's, a, oh, it's, gotcha. it's I think okay. base. I mean, if I had to define it, you know, my amateur blacksmithing knowledge, most there's all different techniques about how to bring this handle back up. This uh, recently there's been a design where there's like a little dimple here, which just hooks into the dimple. So, Taking this idea, hmm. stretching out this long handle, because you practice this long taper, you practice <clears> bending, you practice making a blade. There's lots of little interesting techniques that all come to play in making one of these. Hmm. Very, Very cool. cool. Something to think about. That's it. Cool. Well, um, unless you guys got anything else, we'll That's wrap it. this one up and head to the after show. I'm out of ideas. That's it. <laughs> time for time to recharge. All right. Love well, you. thanks for listening, everybody. Thank uh, you. We'll see you next time. Love you.